review. It didn't taste like grapefruit. Everybody's dead, we're burning up. I don't know, the door is locked though, and it's making me nervous. I can't <laughs> read, how can I write? Yeah, you're straight fucked, but... We can, we're still cutting off. Not a single second of <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point your hand gets tired when you're writing. Oh, sure just you fucking wait, Asa. <laughs> it was me. I killed your dreams. What do you want from me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut out the part where it's VA so with the chair, too. You probably... failed English! Oh man, this is wildly and irrelevant. Uh... Lighting the pillow? Light that pillow, baby. I'm, I'm going, going in, in dry. dry. <laughs> I'm glad oh, Mallory got it. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, are we ready? Never. I suppose so. Never. Never heard Everyone, that. Well, I've never heard that before. Uh, Everyone's feeling the, the lower end of spicy. It's All right. It's good saying. Yeah. No, that's good. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Books with Bastards. As always with us, we have our first and foremost bastard, Mallory. Hi. Enthusiastic. Hello. All right. Uh, I'm your technical bastard, Zach. As always with us, we have our ever-present drinking buddy, Caleb. Yep, and my pick was ignored. I mean, I yeah, we'll, we'll explain it in a bit. Uh, and uh, over there we have uh, the man with the boobs on the beer, Kuziesa. Yep, yep. <laughs> also, I was thinking maybe we just never even mentioned Caleb's pick. We just cut the selection from the last episode. I mean, I guess it's not impossible, but mentioned. we talk about it for about two minutes. For about so, two minutes. So we cut two yeah. minutes. I mean, I can't. It's possible. Yeah. I have to see. <laughs> no. I, I got to see how the not, last one went. Not those crucial two minutes. Yeah, we got to cut those two minutes, but then keep all of this in. No. That way they'll know. Scrap the whole thing. I mean, I do got to keep some of it in. We did the intro. Uh, anyways, yeah. So uh, last week we said we were going to read the, the second Blood of Heaven book, and that didn't really come to pass. Uh, so tonight we are, uh, doing something a little different. It, Mallory has, a picked a short story, to my knowledge. Yes, I the did. Okay, so yes, I did select a short story. Very short, I think like ten pages. But this is called The Lottery by Shirley Jackson. Ooh, nice. Right. And it was one in a book of short stories that I wanted to read more of. I just truly did not have... A lot of free time this week, so. I, it, when I was looking up short stories earlier, so that I could pitch in on my end, that came up several times. So it's this one did. Yes. Okay. Did you uh, read it? No. Oh, okay. No, I figured I would let you do your thing. I have read a Goosebumps book, and I can almost guarantee will bring less value than the ten pages that Mallory has read. <laughs> well, it is not a banger. <laughs> Sure, it is. I'm telling you, we should go over a Hardy Boys book sometime. You got to read it to us. You, you could have selected it. it. Ah, damn. Well, I still can. Yeah, you still you can. Yeah. You have what my told selection me. is. Yeah, but I, that, I'm not. Wow. No one in the audience knows. It's I, no half of the crew doesn't know. Yep. No, I know. I know Ace of My Heart. Do you? you do not know what I picked. I know Ace of You'll My Heart. You'll never fucking guess. Guess. You know his I body. I can't spoil like it for the audience. Road. Guess what? You won't guess it. I can't spoil it. Look into his eyes. Read 
The is problem is I don't know anybody winning. August Playboy, nineteen eighty four. That no. book I sent to All Zach right. that he never responded to. I did to. read that short story last night, but not for the podcast today. <laughs> he reads it Oops. for the articles. <laughs> I did send uh, Zach a, a, a picture of an erotic book that I joked was going to be my next pick. He didn't respond. Could, I did not. Yeah, could that's talk, true. Could was talk it going to be like, like a Fifty Shades of Grey? No. No. It's, no, it's, it's yeah, so I believe bad. it was called Tentacle. Oh, that sounds... <laughs> Intriguing. It, you know, the pictures were definitely intriguing. It, this was a what? A book you read? No, it was, just, magazine it was just a quick post I saw. A video? I mean, there's nothing Title? Nothing about what we've read before now suggests that we would not read a book that was mostly smut. <laughs> I, you know, maybe I'll look into it and see if it's worth a read. Yeah, there might be a certain point where it's like... The only thing in the book that might be too much, but I'll look into it. Anyways, so there's a rough framework to work with. We might try. Before we get into Mallory's short story, Mallory, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm gonna blow you guys away tonight. This is chamomile tea. Are you gonna pull the Asa and be sleepy the first one to sleep? That's what I said. It does make me a little bit sleepy and relaxed, but then I usually have to pee within ten minutes of finishing it, so I'll be awake. Good to know. All that right. shit about 30 minutes after I drink it, and I'm asleep on the couch watching whatever show we're watching. You're asleep if, on if the couch watching whatever it. show we're watching anyways. No, other other besides, I've been doing pretty well besides <laughs> before I started drinking the tea. I was awake for a lot of things. There was a time in my life when I did fall asleep a lot watching movies and TV shows. Was it yesterday? No. <laughs> okay. Right. What, are, uh, what are you drinking? Yeah, what are you well, opening there? Well, I haven't. i got to take a sip. All right. Everyone we can't even wait, know what it is until he takes a drink suspense. of it. Mm, all right, not bad, not bad. So, this evening I have picked a beer. It's called Portuglow Amber Ale, brewed by No Lie Brewing Company. That sounds hot. I like uh, it. No lies. And it's pretty good. The taste, it does taste like a nice, nice uh, evening on the porch. I like the picture Watch on the can. And the color of the can. Yeah. That's a good-looking beer. It's kind of a burnt orange. Uh, Yeah. You know, maybe a sunset glowing orange color. Very. What do you you got waiting in the wings there? Oh, so I've got uh, up on deck here is, uh, well, the same as last week, the Terminal Gravity Brewing, but this is their hazy IPA instead of just their IPA. Uh, we'll see how that, I that guy tastes in a little don't bit. don't know what the difference between those types of beer is, to be honest. Well, I don't totally know either. But typically, typically the hazy IPAs aren't quite, it's not like a super hoppy. Like they kind of dumb down the hop some and. I don't know what hop means. And, uh, a little more flavor. What you got in the cup Hops of there? Hops are what they make beer out of, Caleb. Oh, this is just a little bit of leftover wine. Just a just a but random was, assortment of wines was, poured into a wow, cup. Caleb, you should do your own podcast with just nothing but jokes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm pretty funny. Zach, what do you got over there? Uh, I have a new one today. Uh, Boulevard Brewing's uh, Mango Jungle Sour Uncharted Ale. That is a Fucking mouthful. Is this one more time with that, please? Mango Jungle Sour Uncharted <laughs> Ale. Interesting. It's very mango-y. It's not my favorite. It's not bad by any means. If you like mango, it's 
probably very delicious, but what I'm only exactly mid on mango. What were you mango expecting when you purchased Mango Jungle? I don't know. I just wanted to try something new. <laughs> well, some mango stuff, it just has like a hint of mango. I don't got to like every beer. It's just in the spirit of trying something new, just like Asa, except that mine has a name that baffles me. <laughs> yeah, mine just had a nice, relaxing porch glow. Yeah, it and, reminds uh, me of yeah. one of those like sleep stories that I've been listening to to fall asleep. It really makes me feel like I'm just sitting on the porch, my rocking chair. Caleb, you should try it. I've been listening to, they're called Sleepscapes on Headspace. It's an app. Yeah. And it like tells you a little story to like relax you and make you fall asleep. Some I, of them really I, do. Put I listen down. to massage tutorials, weirdly enough. I didn't even get through huh. to the actual story. It's very chill. Yeah, then he's sleeping. just snoring loud enough that I can't actually hear what the story <laughs> is. Yeah, I've actually been listening to like stress relieving music while I sleep. What oh. is stress relieving music? I don't know. It's just that sort of meditative music where. So just like quiet. Quiet, low, low tones, occasional ding, ding, ding. Uh, like somebody's running a little. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Mine straight up massage advice, but probably with the music he just mentioned in the background. Yeah, it's, it's very it's chill. The, it's the music I'd hear when I get a massage, which I should actually get one next week. I'm getting one on Sunday. Nice. nice. Do you want? Eh, nah, what are you no drinking, mind. Caleb? What? Oh, I just got my usual smoothie ice. This is a pineapple. Any good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Have you had pineapple before? I mean, he's finished the whole other case. So yes. Yeah. So yes. Okay. <laughs> Gotta talk about something. <laughs> All right, uh, Mal, you wanna? Okay, back to the lottery. So this kind of rem- it had some uh, similar features, I feel like, as the long walk. So I was like, "All right, continue on with this." I do not know anything about Shirley Jackson when this was written, any of that. So just going in blind here. Mm-hmm. Right. Do some research while we're sitting here. Okay. So, this takes place in a little village somewhere, and every year on June 27th, there is what is called the lottery. So, the whole village gets together, and there is a man named Martin? Martin? I could be lying to you. Martin? Martin? Just kidding. Wait. Is there an E Dang it, I already forgot. I just don't don't (laughs) think Mallory knows the name, actually. I think Martin has an E on the end. And yes, I would. Martin I do think that's accurate. Not, I believe. I believe it's Mr. Summers is who I'm thinking of. Just cut this part, Zach. Sorry. <laughs> I gotta get this my epi- wits about This episode is 30 it's, seconds it's long. It, yeah. <laughs> We're 12 minutes in. Three of them are us not doing anything. Well, I'm fucking sorry. So it's not Martin or Martine? There it's- is a Mr. Martin in the book, but it's not the guy that I'm thinking of. Sorry, there's a lot of names in this short little book. Okay. So I got a little bit confused. It's okay, okay. A little bit sorry. I get it. In my life. Okay, I'm starting over. So Copy. the lottery. <laughs> Ooh, we're really getting into it now. <laughs> the story takes place in a village somewhere. It's about 300 people, and every year on June 27th, they hold the lottery. There is no background given to the lottery, only that they've been doing it forever. That is very the long walk. All right. Yes. So it's just this ritual that they do every year. So everybody's getting Mm. together in the town square. Mr. Summers is the one that I guess you would say hosts the lottery. So you're just the whole time you're like, all right, 
they're having a lottery, don't know what it entails, you don't know what it means if you win the lottery, nothing, no context at all. So all right. they get together, there's all these different families coming together saying hello, and Mr. Summers brings out this big black box. And apparently way back in the day, the tickets that were in this used to be made of wood chips. Now it's paper because there's, you know, enough people that 300 wood chips is a bit much. So there's 300 pieces of paper that are in this bo- this box that Mr. Summers and I think one other person helped him. They put it together. It doesn't say what's on the paper. And they put it in there. And then they just start calling out people's names. But before they start doing this... They ask, you know, who's representing the household? You know, if somebody, I think there was one woman whose husband had broken his leg and couldn't be there. And so she was drawing for him as well. So everybody has to be accounted for. Everyone's accounted. And there's another family who has a daughter who's married and they live in the same household, I believe it said. But they draw for the husband's family. I believe is how it goes. So there's certain rules to it, but everybody is drawing is the big thing here. Everyone in the town is a kid. Don't slow down for yes. more than 30 seconds. <laughs> Why? I, I don't. It was a long walk joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. It didn't land. <laughs> I get it. Okay. I get it. I so, got it. <laughs> and this particular and town to with only 300 <laughs> residents, job. the lottery only takes a couple hours, they say. In other villages or towns and cities, it can be like a days-long event. Oh, I thought this was just specific to this one little town. No, okay. so it sounds like this is kind of a worldwide or country. It, like I said, it does not really explain, <laughs> but they do mention other areas that do a lottery. It's yeah. like each village does its own lottery. Huh. All right, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I don't know yet. It might probably not. I (laughs) I mean, my guess is a lot of people are about to die. Wrong. There's only 300 in the town. How many can they take out? 300? Uh, Well, 299. Who's taking them all out? Someone can Last guy can drop himself, yeah. Well, that's just, I mean, I feel like you would change your mind by then. I don't know why you'd use a lottery if you were going to do that particular system, but you never know. I would just go door You want to make them feel like winners before you put them down. Just go door to door. Maybe it's the lottery to see who gets to kill everyone else, and it is 299. (laughs) You won the lottery. You get to kill All right, Craig, you won. I guess get to work. Have you won the lottery if that's what you have to do? Because you're the only one who didn't die. But uh, the rest of my life might be just really tainted by PTSD. (laughs) I don't Unless you were just really enjoying it. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Back to the story. So as they talk about it, it sounds like this whole thing used to be a really big ritual. There was like a salute, maybe a song or something that went along with it. But now they pretty much just get down to business. Everybody's kind of on edge. There's, you know, little kids running around. They're collecting rocks and putting them in your in their pockets, and you're like, "All right, are we skipping stones later?" Is what I was thinking. Is there a creek nearby? I don't uh, know. It's a kid, it's a kid thing to do. Yeah. So, they all get together. People are a little bit nervous. You can tell, and they start drawing names or drawing not names, drawing pieces of paper out of this black box. Mm-hmm. So they go up. One right after the other. He's calling out their names. I believe it goes in alphabetical order. And then they ask everybody to open the piece of paper that they had drawn. They were not allowed to look until everybody had picked their paper. And then it comes down to which family. I believe it's like a black dot that is on the paper or the name of a family. Okay. 
And it is... Okay, it's the Hutchinson family. Yes. So there is Bill, who is the husband. There is um, his wife, Tessie. (laughs) Tessie? Tessie. So we've got Tessie and Bill, married couple. And then they have children. They have Bill Jr., Nancy, and little Dave. And Nancy and Bill Jr. are teenagers, I believe. I think Dave is a little bit younger. They're all... You know, still school-age kids, though. So there's five of them. They're the family that's been selected. They then... What? That's the good shit. Okay. Cracked open my second beer. Sorry, I got really excited and it distracted everybody. Nice. (laughs) So as soon as they get picked, Tessie, the wife, is like, that wasn't fair. You didn't give Bill enough time to pick out his piece of paper. It wasn't right. Blah, blah, blah. She's just really fighting it, and they're just like, Tessie, you know, this is how it goes. Stop your bitching and complaining. Bill's kind of like, shut up, Tessie. You're embarrassing us here. So. (laughs) Do they get murdered? I better wait. I'll wait. I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, I can't see how this ends in anything other than death, but you've assured us that it doesn't, so I'm very curious. Maybe they just. I'm so curious. They just throw apples at them or something, rocks. Oh, maybe all the little kids and everyone is starting throws all their pebbles and rocks at them. That's called stoning, and that is a death sentence. Well, I, it depends on how big the rocks are. It's if you die or not. I, I guess fair enough. That's fair. I, Pebbling. Uh, Baseball-sized pebbles and. That's gonna that'll that's pro- that'll pebble. drop them pretty quick, buddy. That is depends on who's throwing them. Damn it! There's so many. So many variables. So many variables here. Ooh. Okay. Right. So, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Five-person household is up here in the front of the square, in front of the rest of the villagers, and they take five slips of paper, they put it into the box, and then they those five people have to draw again. So the so five members of the family? The Hutchinson family draw, draw again. again. Wow. Yes. Okay. So I probably, I think I probably got it wrong. I believe the first round, it's probably one person drawing for the household. And then the second round is whichever family got selected. This is a very elaborate, not murder plan. Because multiple families live in each household, it sounds. or So, so there has to be one representative for each household. Okay. It was, a, the rules were a little confusing even for me. I'm... An idiot, though, possibly. All right, I think you're on the right track, it sounds like. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Just okay. go ahead. It'll all make sense in the end. Yeah. Okay. So they're all drawing their slip of paper. Nancy goes first, I believe. The children all drew, and then the mother and the father. So Nancy opens up, or Mr. Graves opens up the piece of paper um, that little Dave drew because he was the youngest, and everybody, like, it's blank. Everybody just, like, sighs with relief because Dave's was a blank piece of paper. So you're like, okay, so Dave's cool. We're good. Dave's chill. So Nancy opens hers. Hers is blank. Bill Jr., blank. That's going to be fucking Tess, isn't it? Tessie has the black dot on her piece of paper. She shouldn't have run her mouth before. (laughs) Got it. That's what she deserves. (laughs) Oh, man. The scale goes from Tessie to Kelly. (laughs) Don't be a Tessie. Don't be a Tessie. (laughs) Bill's all, I told you, Tessie. (laughs) Keep your fucking mouth dry next time. Anyways. Well, I mean, So so now what? 
I'm a little so confused by this little happy. story. Okay, so <laughs> I she cry? Hate, I'm just angry. Is she hate angry? to say this. Well, she's a little bit resistant, you know, like she was already saying this isn't fair. She just continues to say it's not fair. Maybe they just smack him with a paddle or something. Oh, is really well, I was about to right say, I hate to, I hate to give this to you, but you were right. They stoned them to death. Oh, shit. <laughs> death? Well, they stoned her to death. Damn, boy, you got oh. it. It doesn't, like, go into detail. It just says the pile of stones that the boys had been putting together was ready. Everybody forgets all about the ritual and the box, but they remember to use the stones. So they all, the scraps of paper just blowing in the wind... Mrs. Delacroix selected a stone so large she had to pick it up with both hands. So. And she dies. Well, it doesn't ever, I mean, you are left to assume that because the last thing that Miss Hutchinson said is, it isn't fair, it isn't right. And then they were upon her. That sounds bad, yeah. And so, then they were upon her. Yes, Especially given that one of the stones is like the same size as a human chest. Like, if that tags you, I no matter how slow moving, it's going to fuck your of, day up. One of the other villagers, she like has one stone in each hand. I think I could be wrong on the details, but I think she mentions like that her back or her arm, something was sore or hurt, so she was going to have to use lighter stones. And it mentions that there's an older guy. I think he's the oldest guy in the village. I can't remember his name, but his, you know gone through this ritual 70-something times, and there's, you know, whispers among the crowd before it all starts, you know, like, there's been talk of ending the lottery, like, this town over here already ended it, and this older guy is like, oh, do they want to go back to living in caves and blah, 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 like, it's just... It's such a wild thing to him to think of ending this lottery. Yeah, because they've progressed okay. so far yeah. to get to this fucking We don't lottery. live in stone. stone. We kill people with stone. If you want to be, like, progressive. Is that the end? That's the end. Okay, so the, it sounds like the moral is probably, you know, like, questioning the wisdom of old traditions. Yeah, they're just... Yeah, I, I wish that... Yeah, use a... Use a gun now. We don't need to throw... <laughs> yeah, come on, firing We don't squads. need to stone them to death. Yeah, come on. You got a couple of guys in the back of a van fired four times at your kids. I mean, it's, well, I don't even street. know if there was It's vans, a little you know? I don't uh, know anything about So it. I did look into it a little bit. It came out in 1948. It's a little inhumane to use the stones, I feel like. I think that's somewhat the point. Yeah. Uh, I think they want it to be inhumane. It upset people, it looks like. Reader's initial response surprised both Jackson and the New Yorker subscriptions were canceled, and so much hate mail was received through the summer of its publication, and the Union of South Africa banned the story. Because they didn't want people to realize it was maybe bogus to stone people and have this lottery. No, this is real life. Real life when that story was written, people got upset. Wait, pe- yeah, but people were doing it? No. No. I thought maybe that's why they got upset is because no. that is what they did. They probably got upset because <laughs> what it made do you people think like, like, what is a ritual I participated in? I would love to go to I... Africa, actually. And yet, I, think it's, I think parts of it are probably very nice, much like And I any believe other it country. mentioned at okay. some point in the story <laughs> that <laughs> everybody has to participate, and I don't know if that was limited to just the drawing or if they all, like, would you stone your wife to death? It, or, participate? Uh, yeah, it seems like it. Well, I mean, I would grab a small little pebble. Who wouldn't jump at the chance? 
Well, I mean, like, Tessie, the whole time, she's like, it isn't fair, it isn't right, but I don't believe Bill's at all. any time Bill said anything, or the kids said anything. Sounded like Bill was like, well, not me today. Bill it's grabbed. just an accepted part of life. I survived. Bill picks up a rock with both hands because it's so heavy he can't lift it with one. The whole family gets <laughs> one rock together. Like, we'll do it as a family. Just a slab and drop it. Wow. Dark. Huh. Well, I didn't really... Hey, Mom, well, I mean, I guess I did see me that last going month? that way, but I thought it wasn't <laughs> probably going to be true. You did suggest non-lethal pebbling. Yes. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Just like a little I tickle, did, a little rain shower Right, yeah, right. You know, really, that that did have a lot of vibes that felt along the long walk. Yeah. Wow. I'm kind of impressed with myself to put together the kids picking up stones in the beginning with the punishment at the end. Yeah, you really made it. You're really on my fucking A game, huh? <laughs> All right. Jesus. Let's see if you can unravel this next <laughs> mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm done. Like I've last succeeded already. Is it a mystery? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't no. think there was a lot of <laughs> My question. favorite part about going back to these old Goosebump books is that they're fucking insane. <laughs> they're, they're madness. I've only read the two in my 30s and 20s and probably also teens, and both of them were real weird. Hmm. Admittedly, the first one was much weirder, but this one is not great. Uh, so I read Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. Yeah, gnomes. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice. I yeah, love the it's lawn gnome. About 120 pages long, a pretty breezy, like, 45-minute read. It was not, not a lot going on there. So we're... Uh, our hero tonight is uh, Joe Burton. He is a sh- short, pudgy kid who is, um, he's a bit of a jokester. Or just kind like of a, a dickbag. Oh, like well, he's 12. <laughs> it depends on your point of view, really. He thinks he's very funny. His sister kind of hates him and everyone else is pretty in the middle about it. But I like found myself Asa. very like annoyed by him. I think that I'm pretty funny and Asa does not think that I'm funny. I mean, you're funny, but not sometimes as funny as you. This is more like he just says mean (laughs) stuff deliberately to set his sister off because he knows she's very fastidious. Oh, yeah. push Like, he calls her a weirdo because she has, like, her clothes organized by color and her books organized alphabetically by author. And I'm like... I I like this girl. Like, it's... You know, like, it's a little extreme, but also totally fine. Yeah. You're a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Yeah, but... Uh, now Mallory's mad. Shit, I'm sorry, Mallory. <laughs> yeah, everyone else in his family is described as tall, blonde, and skinny. I don't know why he has brown hair and is short. Uh, because his mom was fucking the milkman, the probably. Mailman. Maybe. Oh, milkman? I said milkman. I guess it, it could be. I'm going to say... Maybe she do- has a personal trait. It is not explained and doesn't come up. <laughs> I'm not... Really surprised Maybe by Maybe that's why he's so bitter, because <clears throat> his whole family is, like, these hot-type... He's not really bitter. Not that Arian is the way to go. <laughs> My yeah. mother was fucking the mailman. So it starts off with them. Your dad is a they're playing ping pong in the basement, and he's like, "I'm so good at ping pong," and my sister hates it when I win, and she hates losing. And as it's going along, and she's like, "You can't kick the ping pong ball or bounce it off of the walls," and I'm like, "So he's not good at ping pong. He's just an asshole." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, it's whatever's the coolest. That's what wins. And I was like, I don't... Whatever is the coolest. I'm fully on board with Mindy at this point. Joe Burton, you kind of suck. 
You're an idiot, Joe Burton. And at this point, uh, we learn a little bit of stuff. They have a Rottweiler named Buster, who is usually hanging out with him, but they're not sure where he is right now. Uh, He has a best friend named Moose. Uh, Moose McCall. His real name is Michael, and they mention that fact once at the very beginning and never call him anything other than Moose for the rest of the book. Is he a big kid or what? He is. He is described as extremely large. Uh, and very muscular. He is the strongest kid in school. So he's a 12-year-old jacked... Yeah. Fucking... Now you know, no wonder she was banging the milkman. Dude was ripped. Different Are you family. suggesting that the mother she, had sex with the 12-year-old milkman to produce to give a child the same <laughs> age? No, I'm just assuming that the Is there time travel it? involved? I assume the dad would just have the same uh, genes. Yeah, I mean, he does. Mr. McCall, moment? another <laughs> prominent figure in the story, is described <laughs> as large enough to easily beat Joe's dad. But, but yeah, so uh, I guess I'll just rattle off the main characters real quick. So we have uh, Joe Burton, the short, pudgy kid, who is really big into, like, fake-out jokes. Like, he f- like him and Moose are playing around, and they fake, like, Moose is strangling him to death to weird out the sister. And the sister's mostly just upset that they keep fucking with her, which is fair. Uh, Mindy is the organized, fastidious girl. Moose is... You know, I'm going to go ahead and say that the name Moose covers a lot of the issue. Is he a bro? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like, he, he's best friends with Joe. Uh, he's a little dumb. Tends to be a lot he's louder than he should be. Hey, man. What's going on? No, more, more like frat boy bro. <laughs> bruh. What's up, bruh? Yeah, bruh. What's good, bruh? <laughs> What's drinking? Uh, they're both, they're, they're next door neighbors, uh, Moose and Joe, and their dads, uh, Jeffrey and only ever referred to, I guess, Bill McCall, are really big into, like, gardening. Like, they go to this competition every year, and they're always competing against each other. And they take it very seriously, despite essentially being good friends. Like, they really go after each other. Gardening competition. Yep. What are they growing? Vegetables, fruit, whatever. Like, I mean, that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I wish I was. I wish I was good at something enough to go to a, a competition. Uh, because like Mr. Is McCall it? is growing. Uh, I think it's cassava melons. I've never heard of them. Huh. I didn't bring the book with me tonight to double check that word. Uh, and of course, uh. Jeffrey, the dad, is growing his tomatoes, the one he calls a red queen. Like, he's in a full-ass funk the first time we meet him because he's seen a fruit fly near them. And, like, as a group activity, him and his two kids get out cans of bug spray and go hunting. Nice. (laughs) I mean, you you can't fuck around with fruit flies. I wouldn't know, to be honest. And vegetables. I was going to assume, like, I don't think they'll fuck with me, but, yeah, I guess the vegetables <laughs> would be, wouldn't be. Sounds a, like a cassava melon is similar to a honeydew. Oh. But more mild. And a honeydew mm. is... Well, I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, we come to our first... <laughs> I'm going to say... That shitty melon that they always put in, like, the fruit mix, but I feel like nobody really likes honeydew. Yeah. I'm a cantaloupe girl. Yeah, cantaloupe. I was going to say, it's kind of like cantaloupe, right? Yeah, cantaloupe's better yeah. than honeydew. Honeydew Easy. is, like... We're going to draw like, that line in the sand. It it's like drinking slimy? or eating a chunk of slightly flavored water. Yeah, there's not much going on there. Yeah. But uh, 
This brings us to our first crux of the story. Uh, Buster, their Rottweiler, has gotten into Mr. McCall's garden again. He's very upset about this every time it happens. He has threatened to turn the dog into fertilizer, though from what we've seen in the story, I think that he's just trying to get the kids to stop the dog from coming in. I've never given any impression he would actually oh. kill the dog. I was worried. I was say, that's pretty we harsh. Have, but yeah, so they see the dog over there, and they run out, uh, and the dog won't listen to them when they're calling him, trying to get him to stop going through the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joe has a dog whistle that he always carries on him, and that's the only thing Buster will respond to, so I don't know why they try calling him. Yeah, just use the whistle. Yeah, just, they, they know. They're aware, but, you know. We should, I should, we should, yeah, dog whistle. The panic sets in. <laughs> Most of your dogs are fully grown, and I feel like it might be late to teach them about dog whistles without scaring the shit out of them. Yeah, maybe when Mitch is barking nonstop at the fence, I just blow the little dog whistle. And I have a feeling he's going to go harder, but we'll find out. Probably right. I probably won't actually get dog whistle. Anyways. <laughs> That's okay. <clears throat> Sorry. They managed to get him out of there. Yeah, uh, we meet Mr. McCall. We meet the dad. Uh, the dad's really excited. He's like, oh, yeah, we caught the fruit fly. Uh, well, I guess let's celebrate by going to Lovely Lawns, which is a lawn ornament place that is a two blocks down the road. Uh, because the dad, Jeffrey, loves lawn ornaments. They say that he has a ton of them, but then uh, Joe proceeds to describe, like, eight He's like, fair they got like a, I, I, you know, more I, than what is necessary. He's like, I mean, yeah, we got like a ceramic deer and a big angel with white wings. There's a pedestal with a chrome orb on it. Like, admittedly, he has some hmm. odd choices out there. Why the fuck would you have the angel one? That just reminds me of the common creepy pasta. Yeah, a couple of, couple of rock frogs, stuff like that. And he's like, yep, we're gonna celebrate and go get some more. And they wander down to this place that he mentions that Mindy hates, and it comes to nothing. It's this bright pink three-story house with, like, set, like, it's old, poorly taken care of, covered in lawn ornaments. Like, you cannot move. There's no lawn. It's just ornaments. Uh, the neighbor is stated as having fallen through the porch at some point. And uh, we meet this character whose name does not matter because she does not come up again. Okay. Other than to be mentioned that she's deaf and won't hear your screams for help. Or not deaf, but hard of hearing. Hmm. All right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of... Like, they introduce characters to immediately disregard them. And why did that come up at all, anyways? Because the lawn gnomes are the thing that they are there to buy. They are three-foot-tall lawn gnomes. So she's just like... Big I'm deaf gnomes. and won't hear your... Because she knows their... The lawn... The... It, the, the Later in the book, we learn that she's hard of hearing because when they're screaming for help, the lawn gnomes tell them she can't hear you. Mm. I see. I see. But yeah, so they find two large, like, three-foot-tall lawn gnomes with, like, hideous grins on them, you know, ratty brown hair, pointed ears. This doesn't sound like your typical lawn gnome. They're not. I mean, they're three feet tall to start yeah, with. Like, that's a big gnome. Them, do they? Yeah, that's huge. Well, they have, like, little white hair or gray hair and it's usually kind of tucked under their Yeah, hat. like they usually look like kind of like scenic and friendly. These ones sound like trolls and the picture on the front of the book makes them straight up look like goblins. Mm. Alright. Like the book doesn't describe them with screen skin but that is how they are drawn on the book. 
Well, you got a creepy fucking angel. I guess you might as well just go gremlins. But yeah, the dad's immediately in love with him, despite, like, and the son's like, they're okay. He's, like, trying to take his dad's side, and the daughter's like, no, they're fucking horrible. Don't do this. Please, for the love of God, do not buy these. I like having friends, and I'd love to keep them. They sound kind of cool. You would think that, wouldn't you? No, except that Zach needs right outside his front door. I'm already upset. I'm already upset. So he makes them carry these fucking lawn gnomes back. (laughs) Like, the kids have to carry these lawn gnomes almost the same size as them, the two blocks back in front of their friends, and set them up in the yard. And uh, the dog starts licking on one of them. Oh, I guess... While all of this is happening, uh, Joe is constantly harassing Mindy. He, like, pretends like the gnomes are grabbing him and they have him trapped. Oh, God. It's that kind of humor that he does. It's always, like, a fake out, like, ah you fell for it, sort of a, that's his jokes. So this kid just needs to get, like, punched in the face by somebody. Yeah. He's the kid who cried wolf. Yes, he's, it, he's very much the kid who cried wolf. He's just a bully. He's a fucking bully. Kind of. But while they're setting the lawn gnomes down, Buster runs up and starts licking them. And so he whistles for uh, Buster to leave the gnomes alone. And he's, like, looking at the lawn gnomes, and their faces have changed. Like, they look like they're screaming. Whoa, what the fuck? They're like, ah, Buster! And he's like, what the fuck is that? Like, Mindy, look at this. And the gnomes are normal again when everyone else looks. Oh. And so he's who like, sees this first? The moron kid? Yeah, Joe. Okay. He's our main character. Oh, yeah. All of the books from his point of view. Doughy Joe is what we should call Doughy it. Joe. Dope dip shit Joe. That may be. So the next day, uh, they wake up, and he's getting excited to go outside, and he hears the neighbor, uh, Mr. McCall, screaming and freaking out because uh, one of his melons has been destroyed. Like, there's seeds everywhere. The and he's, yeah, he's freaking out. Not the cassava melon. Yeah, they're yelling the at the cassabas. dog. He's like, you got to chain that dog up or, you know, yada, yada. And Joe's like, I don't think it was the dog. Like, he doesn't even like melons. This yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah, what dog is going after a melon? Yeah, right? Uh, and the dad's like, we're not going to fight about this. Just go, you know, rope the dog up. Uh, and he's wandering around, and he sees that there's a melon seed on, like, the side of the smile of one of the gnomes. And so he tries to convince, like, Moose and everyone, and they're like, Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would? Why are you trying to convince me that lawn gnomes destroyed our neighbors? Like, fucking melons. That doesn't make any sense. You're an idiot. And that's fair. Those are the best lawn gnomes. They don't just make your lawn better. They make all the other people's lawns worse. That's what makes yours look better. Yeah. It's perfect. Is that theirs look worse. I don't know. I'd take these two better. murderous lawn gnomes over that not-alive <clears throat> angel statue. It's like our neighbors. You're really... Lawn. Like, stuck on the angel statue. It's creepy as fuck. The angel statues do appear in a number of horror stories. Lawn gnomes, not so much. Mostly just this one, to my knowledge. Hmm. Isn't there, like, a horror movie about lawn gnomes? Probably. I mean, there's a horror movie about a couch. Don't they, like... (laughs) Oh, that's not what I was thinking of, but I forgot about that. That is not a horror movie. There's actually a second one, Sherlock Gnomes. Hilarious. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, because don't they come alive at night or something? No, they're just always alive. Oh. It's These ones of, come alive sort at of night. Tor- toy Story rules. They're kind of always alive. They well, just don't show people. They just freeze. Yeah. Hmm. So the next day, nice. uh, or that night, he hears, uh, like, Buster is howling all night because he's 
you know, roped outside to a tree. And so Joe goes outside to comfort him. Mindy catches him sneaking outside of the house, and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to go fucking destroy whatever's melons because he's being a dick. And she's like, really? And he's like, no, I'm just going to go check out Buster. Fuck off. And he goes, and he sits with the dog. He's talking to him, and he hears, like, raccoons or something running around in the shadows. And he's like, okay, that must have been what destroyed the melons. I'll tell everyone tomorrow, and hopefully we can get Buster off the leash. And when he wakes up in the morning, uh, Mr. McCall has lost his damn mind because all of, like, the garden is destroyed. Like, all of the melons are gone, not just one this time. Or, not destroyed, sorry. Someone has drawn dumb faces on all of them and essentially ruined their ability to be used in a competition. And then they have holes carved in the mouths <laughs> of all the dumb faces. This sounds like a case for the FBI. Sounds like some of them have... You, you know yeah, seedless watermelons? These are extra-seeded watermelons now. And everyone's like... Oh, my God! Jesus. I don't... I don't All like of this. them? Uh, just some of them. This is a very virile some man. Of them had to, some of them probably have less seeds. Took all night, baby. Like, some are seedless. Are some are extra-seeded. <laughs> Uh, Are we talking like 20 melons? 10, however many you they can don't pick in the backyard. Us, but, uh, you know, enough that it's a plural. So Three melons. <laughs> I'm guessing it's more than two, but you never know. I'm going to say you could get 10 in an average backyard. 10 melons? I mean, I guess as far no. as three would go, they're pretty 300 big. melons out there if I wanted to. Okay, but you're not going to do your entire yard as a garden. You usually have, like, a If box. I'm going to competitions, Caleb, and I want to win, your odds are better with a lot of melons. Is the competition, though, are they looking at the melon itself, or are they looking at his whole garden? I thought it was, like, a garden competition. Well, if you draw... Yeah, uh, I think they bring the individual, like, grown oh. produce. If you draw judged. dinks on all of them, they don't... Okay. Well, so you don't want to overcrowd. Yeah, what they draw on them? And was it drawn with a Sharpie? Well, Is yeah, this washable? Uh, I believe it was black paint. Well, so wash it off. Yeah, I don't... I'm Is not it water-soluble? <clears throat> Unclear. They no, didn't ask. Like all, all that really comes of it is they're like, who could have done this? And Mindy's like, it's oil based. Well, Joe broke out of the house last night saying that he was going to go destroy your melons. Well, so I mean, like, the paint might be, it, might, it probably leaked into the melon and you don't want to eat that. Are people eating it or are they just looking at well, it? Well, like, I feel like part of the competition is how, like, juicy it is. We are really hung up on should this. should be taste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's judged by a, you gotta a cut list it of open, like. Cut it open, Smell eat it. it. See how juicy it is. It's like yeah. the fucking pie. How contest. many seeds it has? Rub, rub your balls upon the, the melon pie. to really get the smoothness factor. Yeah, yeah. Find out how nice it feels. Did you say put your balls on it? I is did. Yeah. You said? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really thought about that one, huh? Said, well, it makes <laughs> me wonder what other things you put your nuts on to see how smooth it is. And that made me... Probably just each other's nuts. And I was like... Bleh. A drum set just for the joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, moving on. So, Mindy immediately is just like, yeah, Joe broke out of the house last night saying he was going to destroy your melons. And the dad looks at him, he's like, okay, you're granted for a week. And in true parent fashion, when Joe's like, it wasn't me, he's like, okay, two weeks. And I'm like... That's fucked up. Like, I understand. For a child trying to defend themselves at all, all right, double your punishment. Like, this 
kid sounds like a dick, though. And his that's, dad is probably like, finally, I get to take out some of my rage on this That's fair, but at least, like, listen to them. That's why you're not allowed to do target. You know how, like, Tom is so, like, disappointed in Caleb for not knowing basic shit? It's like, I bet he's just waiting for the day when he can teach Caleb a lesson. Just run Caleb over with a car or something? Well, I mean, he has every opportunity to do that. I don't think he wants it to be fatal. He doesn't got to hit the top off. Tom, remember when Caleb made that joke about the electrical tape? Oh, and don't you fucking put air quotes over that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I do remember the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb doesn't know what electrical tape is. Really? (laughs) Oh, I'm getting The difference between electrical tape and duct tape. (laughs) So Joe is grounded for two weeks. He sees black paint on the gnomes, and he tries to tell his mother... And she's like, don't, it's just dirt. Don't fuck, quit talking about the fucking gnomes. Like, he's really trying to convince everyone the gnomes did it, and nobody believes him. So no one else is like, oh, that is actually paint. Because paint is very different than dirt. Nobody even goes to look. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, he's a dickbag, so I don't feel that bad, but I do feel it, a like, bad. A lot of the not believing him is justified, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. I mean, somebody else is getting away with it, you know? Yeah. The gnomes, it sounds like. So he looks outside one night and sees that the gnomes, like, aren't in their spot. And so he, like, goes outside to try and track them down. But it's super foggy, and it turns out that Moose has actually gotten out of the house and fucking tackles him and, like, fucking tickles him? I don't really... His it, friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tickle fight. Tickle fight. Well, Tickling comes up a lot in At this movie, and I'm just kind of glossing street, over some of their dumber pranks. Tickling I don't butthole. recall when I was 12 years old very well, but I don't think my friends and I were tickling each other a lot. I think you're a little past the tickling stage, typically. Yeah. I know. I'm just, oh. I don't recall having friends at 12. You, you didn't. have friends now? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. You do have friends. I didn't have friends until I was 19. That's true. That's absolutely correct. I would have always been your friend, Caleb. All right. You did live in Seattle, though, so that's like a long-distance friend. You don't have friends? Like, the second somebody moves, you just stop being their friend, or what? Dead to me. This message goes out to you, Amanda and Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Our two watchers. Uh. Listeners? Listeners, watchers, I don't know, man. They could be outside the window watching us right Maybe now. We don't know. No one puts down the window curtain anymore. The Amanda, are you there? Until it's over. I don't see anything. No, they're not out there. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, so. <laughs> I wish. I wish she was. <laughs> Moose is too loud, and they wake up all the parents, and everyone sees that they were outside, and they just end up going home, and nothing comes of it, despite one of them being grounded for some reason. But when they wake up in the morning, someone's thrown paint all over Mr. McCall's car. And Moose is like, God, what could have happened? And he was like, it doesn't, he's like, I think it's the gnomes. And it doesn't really matter what anyone thinks because they're going to blame us. Both of us were outside last night. So the parents wake up and go outside and don't realize the gnomes are gone? He tries to point it, but it's too foggy. Like, once he's in the fog, he can't see where the gnomes are either. Are the gnomes in the backyard or the front yard? Front yard, I believe. Okay. Man, it's like, what did Mr. McCall do to those fucking gnomes, you know? He had a better garden. That's the gnome's job. Make yours better by comparison. Maybe he went down to the gnome store and 
slapped him, him around a little bit or something. He put I his nutsack on him. He tipped him over. The gnome tipped him over. Don't worry. What he's just said is simultaneously ridiculous and a thing that happens. Uh, <laughs> it's like he had a crystal ball. And he I feel like, like he's at the gnome store. He's like, fuck you, gnome. It's not exactly a gnome store, but you're not too far off from Pretty the tree. Pretty sure he said lawn ornament store. So the next night. Well, the where the gnomes were, the lawn ornament store. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's not like a store dedicated to gnomes. Well, whatever. Though. It was the... But that would be an interesting store to go into if True. such a yeah. thing exists. I'm sure there's a place somewhere. Which we had one. But so they uh, later the next night, uh, Moose and Joe decide that they're going to camp out and catch the gnomes. So they're waiting outside at like midnight to see if the gnomes do anything, and they're sneaking up on the gnomes who are getting ready to splash the whole house in black paint, uh, which they sort of succeed in doing. The gnomes, at least, and Fucking Moose trips over Buster's leash and immediately alerts the gnomes. And so they're running for their lives from these gnomes who are shorter than them and potentially weaker than them. Yeah, uh, do they have a weapon or just paint? Just paint. Not even the paint at this point, I don't think. They're just chasing them. Where'd they get the paint? Uh, someone had been painting the house. I'm kind of skipping a lot of the minor details that don't matter much. I was wondering that too, but... I mean, yeah. some people just have buckets of paint around. Enough. To I just thought maybe it was like gnome yeah. shit. I don't know how this works. They're just summoning paint from the ether. I mean, I guess it's not out. I don't of, know what they're. It is not out of bounds for this story. These are living garden gnomes. Who knows what they can do? They should. At this paint. point, yeah. Mindy sees that they're running right outside, comes outside, and then just immediately gets kidnapped by both of the gnomes. They just pick her up, drag her into the street, and then they stop. And uh, the gnomes' names, which are Hap and Chip. Are both like okay, all right. We enough of this. Stop chasing us. Stop trying to stop us. We're mischief gnomes, and as long as we're awake, we have to do mischief. Like period, full stop. If you want us to go away, you got to help us like free our friends, and like we'll go off into the woods. Like we used to live like in Europe, like in this town, we would guard a mine and we'd do our mischief at night, and everything was fine. But one day the mine closed, the woods were cut down, and we got taken here. Our friends are still trapped in the basement of the lawn gnome place. There's six others of us. If you can help us free our friends, we'll just leave. We'll just go away, and you won't have to deal with us anymore. And the kids are like, fuck it, okay. I don't trust them. That's fair. I'm on their side. I mean, if you've got a purpose, and your purpose is mischief, then, you know. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's a logical argument. So the kids are like... Fuck it. Okay, let's do it. Let's help these guys out. So they go break into uh, Lovely Lawns, and they go into the basement, and they open the door, and it is at this moment that Joe realizes that maybe the, everything that they said wasn't the truth, as there are 603 foot tall domes in this lady's basement, which makes me really question how big this lady's fucking basement is. It's a mine shaft. It's big. I'd say it it's is big. the mine shaft. They just built a house on it. I guess. I thought that was in Europe. That was in Europe. Or this is. is in I think that's part of the lie. <laughs> How? Why the fuck would you ship a garden gnome from Europe to here after just finding them in an abandoned mine? And With at this point, okay, yeah, uh, just keep them then, or sell them to a museum. Like you don't just sell them to some lady who's gonna sell them for twenty dollars. <laughs> at this point, I mean, the I kids are like. like Commerce, well, <laughs> this is not what was advertised. <laughs> We're going to go. 
And the gnomes are like, <laughs> no, no, you're not. Wait, so is their plan here to like take over the city? They don't say. Oh. Uh, other than their intentions for the kids, which is they're going to do mischief on them. They have described stoning them, uh, throwing them against the walls to see how well they bounce, or bouncing them off of the ground. Uh, they also suggest using them as trampolines. Uh, so various methods of bludgeoning children to death That's good are described. I'm just picturing Leprechaun. I feel like I've brought him up before. Right. That's honestly spot on for what we're talking about. Just changes clothes. I really just, I just can only think of the Gremlins from Gremlins. All I can think about is so the cute. gnome and the um, car insurance commercial there. Whatever that, or Expedia. Or Travelocity. Travelocity, yeah. that's what it is. That, yeah. That's what I keep picturing is that. I now. mean, fair enough. That guy, but that's, murderous. That's yeah. a typical And they guy. hear Buster running around upstairs because <laughs> he's followed them, and they're trying to call for him, but he won't climb into the basement window because Joe remembers that every time the dogs licked the gnomes, they had a look of horror on their face. That was when he first noticed that they were moving. So he's trying to get him down, and he's like, oh, wait a minute, the whistle, the whistle will get him to come. And he pulls the whistle out, and it turns into a giant melee because the gnomes do not want him to blow that missile. Whistle. I mispronunciation. I'm they changed the, the whistle? They're, they're trying. They keep slapping the whistle out of his hands. Oh. And Moose and Mindy and Joe are all just f- successfully fighting 600 gnomes to try and get this whistle. So I'm really wondering how dangerous these gnomes are at this point. They're mischief, man. I mean, I guess there's 600 of them. They're probably going to win in the long run, but like Moose Foley is like fighting six of them at it's once. Like that, it's like that question of how many children do you think you could kill if you have to fight five five-year-olds Yeah, how many five-year-olds can you fight? But it, and then there's like a ten-year-old every like as a boss. How many five-year-olds? When I was younger, it was a lot. I'm getting getting tired as I get older. But we'll come back to that, because that's probably a good question on the way out. Five-year-olds are pretty intense, though. Have you ever fought one? Yes. Have you? No. You're making it sound like I've you never have right now. I've wrestled with people's kids. They're not that tough. <laughs> never fought one. But they don't stop. They do when you accidentally throw them too hard. Well, you're, okay. Then they cry. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Just crying. All right. Uh, where were we at? 600 gnomes. Yeah, 600 gnomes <laughs> trying to murder them while they fight for a dog whistle. And moose. And uh, finally, uh, Joe gets the dog whistle and blows it, and all of the gnomes suddenly freeze in place with big screams on their face. And he realizes it wasn't the dog ever that they were scared of. The whistle was what was freezing them and unfreezing them. At least initially, uh... when he first blew the f- whistle it basically let the gnomes loose. Gotcha. Mm. I see, I see. And at this point, they just leave and go home. They're all So they just shut the door. Mm -hmm. The gnomes don't try to rush them. They're frozen once he blows the whistle. They just go back to sleep, essentially. Huh. So he just throws the whistle out and hopes his father doesn't get another one for the dog. I guess. He he never really says another... And then nobody else ever blows another whistle whistle in their vicinity. Another whistle from a dog whistle. Yeah, it seems like almost anything could bring them back almost immediately. But, you know, they're 12. I don't blame them for their lack of forethought. So the gnome lore that Caleb mentioned, where they're always essentially awake, is not the case here. No, they described that because they wait around during the day for people, they'll put themselves into like a trance where they don't notice time passing. 
Um, and that the whistle seems to force them back into it. Gotcha. Okay. Or wake them from it. Oh, poor Chip and Hap. Yeah, and all of their 600 murderous friends. I mean, we don't know what their murder is. They were going to stomp those kids to death. They said. I mean, you know, fair enough, but it did seem like it. Because, again, they were like, hey, you lied to us. And the gnomes looked at them and were like, we told you three seconds before we gave you that story that we are mischief gnomes. Of course it was mischief. Yes, we lied. Not homicidal. Yeah, mischief doesn't mean murderous. I mean, fair enough. You know, playing little pranks on everyone, like yeah. like, like fucking, drawing dicks on melons his, or what's his whatever. fucking face? Doughy Jim, Doughy Joe, Doughy Joe. Yeah. So, he anyways, finally met his match. They go home, and the next day, <laughs> the dad Jeffrey is mad uh, that he's lost his lawn gnome. So he goes to buy a new lawn ornament to uh, make up for it, and he has bought an eight foot tall gorilla. Jeffrey seems like a fucking nerd. Jeffrey is definitely a big nerd. That's fully everyone in the story. Yeah, no shit. That. You didn't. You're just now thinking he's a nerd. He's growing vegetables. Listen, the gorilla sounds kind of cool. Yeah, and uh, if like nerdy. the mom is like, "This thing's fucking cool, hideous. Please don't buy an eight foot tall gorilla." And both of the kids are like, "Honestly, at this point, we're totally fine with the eight foot tall gorilla. Literally anything's better than those lawn gnomes." And as Joe's walking away, he sees the gorilla wink at him. <clears throat> must be swimming in money because those lawn ornament things are freaking expensive. Yeah, especially eight foot tall. Goddamn. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, the end of the story, the gorilla winks at him and that's, uh... That's the end of the story? hmm Oh, I thought there was going to be an uprising of the gnomes. Well, there's probably another book with No, you remember when I said that this wasn't, like, a good book? Yeah, that's, we're there. That's the... But now we're left to assume the gorilla will be coming to life, and he probably will be able to easily kill them. I think he defends them from the gnomes. Okay. There's all sorts of ways to interpret it. I got you, guys. You're goddamn right I'm better than those guys. He's all... I'll hey, hey, fucking gorilla. You I'll guys got any uh, melons around here I can have sex with to kill the time? <laughs> hey, you guys got melons I can drop in? Sorry, and they're all used up. <laughs> they're all bunch, extra seated. We got a bunch with open mouths drawn on them over at the neighborhood. They're rotting a little bit, but... <laughs> fucking gnomes. Those mischief Don't worry, gnomes. he'll have more oh. in no time. He's a champion grower. Yeah, so favorite characters? Oh, man. Chip and Hap, for me, probably. That gorilla at the end. I'm gonna go with Buster the dog, who was <laughs> a a dog and B in the end absolutely did nothing to help them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looked at them in danger and was like, "I forgot about the." This dog. seems like a lot of work. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna go to the dad. Um, I just really loves his gnomes. Team <laughs> Jeffrey, you fucking nerd. Team Jeff. <laughs> I'm gonna say Tessie. <laughs> from the lottery. <laughs> Perfect. Was that uh, wrong? Wrong story. I yes. mean, nothing wrong. That was a book that we read tonight. Oh man, Caleb, you said you got some for us. Oh, I did find a creepy pasta in case we needed. To Here on our, we ran out of time roundup. We ran out of time. What do you mean? To finish uh, threshold, the other book. Oh. I do. I do. I did find a, a very very short. Uh, creepypasta that I have heard about before, so I just did a quick skimming to refresh my mind. Okay. All right, hit me. Uh, it's called Gateway of the Minds. Uh, it's estimated reading time of two minutes. I guess that's probably accurate. I are, are you just going to do because that? Because it took you two minutes no, to I, read it? Is that what you're saying? No, I was just saying. It's it just what the four. first thing it says. So I've like, heard of? I could actually test it. <laughs> I could 
probably just read it, I guess, but no, I'm not okay. going to. No, I want to hear your interpretation of it, Caleb. I'm going to start the timer. Hold on. I was going to say, Creepypasta is really like copyrighted book material. You might be able to get away with just an audio recreation. No, I I'm not going to go straight hear... through that. That sounds that seems a little bit much. Yeah. But I'll, I'll give a pretty good description. Okay. Go. All right, so in 1983 is when the story takes place. It doesn't say exactly where it's taking place. It's somewhat similar to the last creepypasta I told, the uh, this Russian sleep experiment. Mm-hmm. A group of scientists uh, decide or theorized that humans have fallen like out of the grace of God because we've completely lost contact with them. We like can't communicate with them anymore like they did in the past days. And they think that's because we're overstimulized. We have too much stimulus in the real world that's keeping us too grounded. Like, we're always looking at our phones, always doing something else. We're not looking into the heavens anymore. Sort of a deal is the vibe I get. Okay. I mean, I can pour multiple flaws with this idea, but carry on. I'm not religious, but I'm, I'm not expecting sense. a lot out of the creepy pasta scientist. Kind of makes sense to me. Kind of makes sense. Well, they don't like. It doesn't say that. I'm just sort of giving. Hey, Asa, when your only mind. hobby was sitting on a porch, did you hear the voice of God? I have heard voices, Zachary. It wasn't God. I don't know what the fuck it was, but there was something. Okay, like now I want. Now I really want to ask hey, a question. Did, I was going to ask <laughs> later. <laughs> no. no, there were no. Voices. All right. Um. So they sort of put out a thing like, hey, we want to test our theory a little bit. So this guy steps up, and we only know him as an elderly man. He claims he has nothing left to live for. Okay. And he was the only guy. So nothing left to lose. Yeah, nothing left to lose. He's the only one that opts in for whatever they're willing to do to him. And uh, it's pretty fucked up, it seems like. They basically go in and surgically start cutting off all of his nerve endings so that he is basically a full vegetable. He's only in his head, but, like, he can still move. So he's, he just can't feel, like, taste, uh, hear. So he can now. move, but he can't... He doesn't have his senses about Yeah, him. he doesn't have okay. senses. It's like people are born with the not the ability to feel pain, so they just, like, cut whatever nerve ending they need to for that. He can't taste, he can't see, hear, okay. smell. So he can move, he can function, yeah. he just doesn't yeah, have any yeah. senses. He can kind of talk, but he can't hear anymore, and he can't feel his tongue, so it's jarbled, but he can kind of speak. Because okay. he's, you know, lived his whole life. I have so life. many thoughts about this at the moment, and they're all just mad at these scientists. Uh, he, so yeah, he has no way of communicating with the outside worlds, or, I mean, the outside world has no way of communicating with him. He can kind of talk. I, would I don't forget, know what they were hoping would, to get out of this. Without yeah. hearing my own words, I would forget how to talk so fast, I feel like. I forget how to talk now sometimes. Yeah, I fucked up, uh, burglary earlier. <laughs> you almost fucked it up right now. Yeah, I really <laughs> had to think about it. Yeah, I really did. Sound it out. <laughs> but, uh, the scientists <laughs> sort of... Well, like you guys, they just had him in bed, like in this test chamber. He was mostly bedridden. They just kind of watched him and listened. Yeah, that makes sense to his ramblings, hoping, I guess, to get something out about it. And after four days, uh, he started saying he was hearing things, despite the fact he was deaf. He started hearing things at the edge of his hearing, like voices that he couldn't pick out. He didn't know what they were saying, okay. but they also were just like, he might be going crazy. <laughs> 
So we're not going to look into it too much at the moment. That was the whole point of this experiment. I know, right? But they, These they, are the worst scientists. I'm like, so mad. I, they're not good. They're worse than the Russian sleep experiment scientists. Yeah, those guys at least, like, wanted to understand what was happening and followed through. Yeah, but uh, anyways, they, so he can kind of hear something, but they're like, it's not like he says it's voices, but he doesn't know what they're saying. They're pro- He's probably just crazy. Yeah, he doesn't have any senses to hear. He's not hearing anything. Yeah, uh, two day, yeah about two days after this, uh, he started saying he, he knew what the voices were saying, and he could tell who was talking. He said he was hearing his dead wife talk to him. Oh. And they were like, all right, well, this is getting a little more interesting. And then they got more intrigued when he started saying, like, dead relatives of the scientists. Or, and he could start picking out personal information about them that he shouldn't have known. Like, he could tell you your full name, social security number, th- anything about you. Uh, and they were like, all right, all right, we're getting somewhere with this. Uh, hmm. And then, yeah, I guess as he started getting into personal information, a lot of people left. They bounced. They were like, all right, this is going too far. Man, I didn't know what we were getting into when we completely severed a guy's nerve endings and we're just hoping to see what the fuck he said. Listen, I... Hoping that he'd find God... Never considering he might... So, it sounds like they were like, I just want to cut off this guy's nerve endings. Well, I never considered that he might actually find God. Some people were probably like... There's, it's probably an equal mix of, I want this to succeed and I want this to fail. Because when you go into a science, you're like, they're, you know... Fair. Please continue. That's really not how it should work, but okay. No, there's usually kind of a hypothesis about how you think it will go, and then the, yeah, and someone hypothesizes it's your not going to work. Opinion color. You don't the test both hypotheses at once. Generally, it resolves itself, but it doesn't matter. Please continue. Uh, but about after a week of him talking with the dead, uh, he starts getting upset more and more. Like, and these apparently the dead people start like threatening him, and telling him that the world is going to end. And start giving him all this information he doesn't want. And they're starting, it's starting to be like hundreds of voices he can't control. Like, they're always talking to him. He never has a moment to himself anymore. Uh, he starts punching himself, throwing himself against the wall, trying to feel something, get away from the voices. It's not working. They're having to tie him down until he calms down. <clears throat> then they'll let him back up, and he's fine. Uh, he, he, you know, he tried to sleep as much as possible by getting sedatives so that he couldn't hear them. But then he started seeing them in his dreams, hearing them in his dreams. Couldn't get out of this. So he started ripping at his own eyes, trying to pluck, claw his eyes out, feel anything. They strap him down. Uh, the voices are telling him, world's ending. All this nonsense. Let me see. At this point, uh, it's time to pull a Barkovich and try tearing your own throat out. Uh, Get out of here. At one point, he yelled, no heaven, no forgiveness for five hours straight. Hmm. Uh, so is he telling us there is not a heaven? No heaven, no forgiveness. No one's, no one goes to heaven anymore, it seems. Okay. Uh, Was he trying to rip his eyes out to get to his brain through the sockets to, like, poke it? He wants to feel something. himself out? Yeah. He keeps begging for them to kill him, but obviously they're not doing that because they're like, he's getting closer to God. We gotta let him live. So I they don't. The, I hate these people. So they don't let him die. Uh, one more day passes, it seems, before everything really goes to shit. Uh, he starts biting his chunks of his f- 
flesh off his arms. Oh, All right. Going crazy. Guy knows what he's about. He can't taste So they restrain him once again. Like, all right, we're probably going to leave him restrained this time, guys. We keep letting him back up to piss. We're probably not going to do that anymore. Or whatever they were letting him up to do. Uh... And apparently after they tied him down, he calmed down and just stared at the ceiling crying for hours. Just, yeah, fair. Uh, <laughs> fair. Uh, event, and apparently, he, or as it said, he turned and looked uh, the scientist dead, one of the scientists dead in the eyes despite being blind, made complete eye contact with him, and slowly whispered, I have spoken with God, and he has abandoned us. And then his vital signs uh, stopped and... They couldn't tell what his cause of death was, but I think the much self-harm he caused was probably a good factor in it. I was going to say, did it have anything to do with you severing all of his nerve endings in a body and seeing how long it took him to go fucking insane? Yeah, that probably was part of it. Well? This is the... I'm glad this is a creepy pasta, not real life, because this is the dumbest scientist I've ever heard. Well, there are... You know, dumb scientists out there. I'm sure there's there are. a lot of stupid people out there. <laughs> God. Yep. Uh, you know, the moral of the story was, or like the, the ghost oh, part of the story was way less upsetting than me thinking about someone severing all five of your senses and just seeing what would happen. That one was, that part was so much worth it. Like, there's no God. Thank God for that. I don't want to be here. I don't want there to be an afterlife now. <laughs> I don't yeah, like this world there's anymore. There's one afterlife. It's hell. Maybe cool. Like, Is it this place? Because get me out. That was roughly eight minutes. Cool. He's not wrong, good actually. Story. Good story, nice. though. Very good story. All right, Asa, I've been wanting to ask you. And you, I, you made a joke about it earlier. Did you? So our boy Asa <laughs> used to live out in the sticks. And you ever see anything weird out there at the edge of the forest? You see weird, I, I, nothing really come, like, you see weird shit, of course, but um, sometimes you're like, nah, that was nothing. And then, yeah. So you don't got any good creepy tales so, about life on the edge? No, he does not. No, I actually, no, not really. No, <laughs> no I'm pretty good at being like, nah, that wasn't. I just meant, like, even, like, a bear wandered out or something. Oh, yeah. I, well, yeah. I guess. Well, it doesn't like, have to be ghosts. A bear wandered out? I, I'm asking for if anything like that happened. Or a moose? I'm begging you for a story here, Asa. So there was this one evening. Um, I was sitting at the house in my rocking chair and my kitchen table, as I used to do. Uh, and then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I got to mail a letter. And this is back in the, you know, I used to go to the mailbox about 8 o'clock at night. Nah, not quite 8. No, maybe. I think it was summertime. Springtime. No, not quite 8. Anyways, about dusk. So I start, open up the front door, head to the mailbox, looking down, look up, and there's a fucking moose standing at my fucking mailbox about 40 feet from where I'm at when I pick my head up. And I'm like, well, fuck. That's not good. That's bad. I mean, it was okay. It just kind of, it startled me a little bit. I wasn't expecting that. It, he wasn't, well, he probably saw me coming because I wasn't paying attention at He's first. He's just like, look at this fucking idiot. Yeah, and he <laughs> just kind of turned, jogged, ran away. I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's good. It's good that that's the way that that went. That moose could 
absolutely wreck you. Yeah, they get angry sometimes. Yeah. But how big was it? Was it like a big twelve footer? Or? It's a, no, they, it's a moose. I'll just I've never it seen over. a twelve. They don't grow to. What do you mean twelve footer? Like twelve Me, feet tall. Moose can get up to like twelve feet tall. Yeah. Where? The woods. I don't know. The woods. They do not. <laughs> Wherever moose live. But I, I think we. I've we, never met one personally. I think we need to do some research, but they I will. Seven feet tall. Maybe eight, not maybe Alaska. I guess you can get to twelve, but that's very tall. All right. Well, yeah, I don't have very good stories. I've spent a lot of quite a fair amount of time in the woods. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Twelve feet tall is a lot, but uh, I'm definitely wrong. Alaskan moose, Alaskan moose height can often surpass seven feet tall at the shoulder. I was thinking about eight would probably be about right. Yeah. Right, well, yeah, it seems said. like about seven foot seven is the largest recorded that I can find. That's a big moose because that's at the shoulder. It's much longer than that. Yeah, longer yeah. When than I had antlers. When I was yeah, yeah. We came across five of them once when I was just a young lad with my grandfather in the woods hunting. I guess my favorite character in that story was Asa. <laughs> I like the moose. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you decide on a book for the next mailbox? Week? Was good. Anyways, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my book. So I have picked a book, by, and the title is Signal Fires, a novel by Danny Shapiro. Whoops. I think I put, <laughs> an, I think I put an extra letter in there. Yeah. I, it feels, um, feels I like it, but maybe not. I don't know. It's S-H-A-P-I-R-O. Shapiro. Yep, that's yep. what I meant to say. I Danny put an Shapiro. E in there, didn't I? Any, you, put, you put an E-O at the end. <laughs> Any quick tag you want to give us? Like, what? what? What's it about, roughly? Um. So this is about, from what I, the brief description I read, is about a, well, I, well, I guess the description I got, it's about this group of kids that gets in a car accident when they're young, and they one at least one person in the car dies and they tell their parents that a different person was driving the sister versus the who was 16 versus the brother who was 12 there was a 12 the brother was driving maybe 15 14 <laughs> probably not 12 but the brother was driving anyway so they lie and say it wasn't it was me that was driving and i get distracted this and that and then I believe the story is, like, the effects of that lie that was never, like, the truth was never told. Huh. Or it might okay. have been told at some point, but not for a real long time. This sounds like a real, just, like, straight, like, trauma fiction, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if it's fiction. Didn't. I mean, hopefully. God, I hope so. Hopefully it's fiction. But, I yeah. mean, that is a very realistic possible story. Yeah, so I'm real interested in see how it turns out because that would really have some effect on you, living your entire life. A lie. Oh, because at some point, I think the person who was driving is elderly. Mm -hmm. Well, Asa well, wants me to be sad. That's what it sounds like next week's going to be. Yeah, no, I can't wait for you guys to read it. All right. Yeah. Well. All right. Hey, anyone got any last thoughts about our various series of stories before we uh, wind our way down to the bottom? Let's bring back the lottery. 
Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now back. What do you mean up. back? <laughs> I just thought of a different story I should have told. Damn it. Well, it's not too late. No, I don't want to. I don't is. want to. We'll say, try and hang on to it for another time then. All right, Mallory. You can't do that. How many five-year-olds do you think you could beat in a fight? Like I'm Whoops. in a ring with all of them at once? Yeah, you're, you are in a concrete basement are with they, as many five-year-olds as you think you can win. Are they rabid or what? Yeah, they're, they're fighting to the death. What do you, I was going to say, what do you mean oh. by win? Like you have to take them out? Yeah, they're, they're not going to lay down and cry. They're going to fight all the way. We're going, this is, uh, the you, you die or they die. I feel like probably only three then because I've got two hands. Like, I can't do. I mean, if they're really that crazy and they all come at me at once and they're biting my throat or some shit. I'm going to save. I mean, I see what you're saying. I get where you're going with this. Oh, I feel like it's going to get a, the number's going to go up as we go. That's a good, it's a good baseline. Mallory's going three. I'm going to go with zero. I'm not so sure I could, phys- I could. T- wow, I was wrong. I'm not so sure I could fucking kill a five-year-old. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to kill a kid. I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> you know, fair. If it's kill or be killed. Ace's morality is going to cost him his life, period, <laughs> full stop. I mean, it was probably going to get us anyway, so the five-year-old. Caleb? Ten. <laughs> ten? You know, I was also going to say I ten. I think I could use one of them as a weapon. And that'll help me out. <laughs> you fucking like, I'm not saying I'm going to be killing these kids in one hit, but like I've wrestled with five-year-olds, and you can throw them pretty oh, I'm, far. I'm and I know exactly how far to throw them to not get hurt, which implies that I also know how far to throw them to get hurt. I feel like I'm coming yeah. out of here with Also, like the average five-year-old weighs like 60 pounds, so in sheer weight, I can take five of them. No, I'm sure they can't take much of a punch, I imagine. Oh yeah, that's what God. I'm saying. Like... <laughs> Like, if you were going to go that route... We're going to tear it up. One punch would take I'm going to say I can safely take ten of them. Like, they're going to get some chunks out of me. It's going to hurt, but I'm going to win. With damage. If you gently headbutted one, Zachary, I think he would take... He'd be done. It's very possible. (laughs) My gentle headbutts have broken a lot of objects. Why are you... Why How many objects? Well, maybe crawling around in work, I just accidentally run into things. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've crawled in a lot of like, tunnels and attics. You just like not. There's a lot of places that I went to for work <laughs> that were like meant for a human to crawl in, not walk in. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, well, audience. Uh, you, I want you to think on how many five-year-olds you could take in a fight. Don't let your either. morals get in the way. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah, I fucked up a uh, burglary earlier. <laughs> you almost fucked it up right now.